Warning! Our privately funded New Age rocket that will carry a satellite into space and allow it to track sound across the entire planet has been compromised. The Chinese government has attached a virus to it, and the only way to prevent this cyber terrorism is to watch the film Aloha and listen to the I'd Like a Refund podcast. Alright, cool, that intro should get everyone excited for this fun space adventure. I'm sorry, what's that now? It's a romantic comedy. What the fuck? Welcome to the I'd Like a Refund podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. Joining me, as always, my good friend, Cameron. Cameron, how we doing? What's up, dude? I'm uh, I'm great. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Yeah, it's because <laughs> you loved it so much. I know, oh, we're all really man, excited. this was a movie. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about what you texted me during your watch. I can't wait to tell everybody what you said <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, of course, joining us again is Joel as well. Joel, what's good with you? Joel as well. I like that. Like it rhymes. Um, you can copy. I own the copyright on that. Ah, oh, damn. So I can't get like shirts made or anything. Joel no. as well. Joel no. as Joel is well or Joel oh. as I, well. I, I uh, filed the paperwork for both of them. Got the Joel is swell. The exactly. trademark actually. Yeah. Yeah. I basically just patented your name and I own that now. It was a trademark. Oh, that one. Yeah. Not patent. I yeah. messed it up too. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, the cat. <laughs> oh, man. she wasted no time today. Yeah. she introduced herself early uh, she said hi i'm hi my name's peppa like the pig so, pe- actually her instagram is peppa not the pig wow shout out shout out to my sister's cat's instagram uh at peppa underscore not the pig i think I'm glad you said the Instagram handle. I probably would have screwed that one up too, like I do every week. <laughs> uh, is it? I'd like a refund. Pot- <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here to discuss in our latest episode the classic film Aloha. But before we get started, Joel, as always, you got a fun little thing to kickstart us for it. Really quick, there's a good dis- uh, okay. There's a pre-question. Have either of you been to Hawaii? Yes, N- I have not. Damn it. Okay, well that kind of ruins it, Cameron. But I'm we'll sorry. still go with it anyway. <laughs> if you were to go to Hawaii, what do you what would you be most excited to do? Like why would you want to go to Hawaii? Cameron should go first. So Cameron, you should tell, go first. Yeah. So he could tell us some of the things that you can do there. So I actually I actually went to Hawaii to volunteer at a camp for kids with heart disease. Oh, oh that's um, nice. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So um yeah, it was a super awesome um it was a super awesome time. Uh, got to meet a bunch of families, uh, hang out with them, meet, meet a bunch of kids, learn about them, um, you know, make friends and everything. I still, you know, I'm still, this was back probably when I was a freshman or in high school, sophomore in high school, maybe. Um, and I, you know, I'm still friends with all the families on uh, mm-hmm. social media there. Uh, that was one of the cool things about Hawaii is, um, you know, especially in, you know, when we're getting to know these families, they really pull you in as in like yeah. you are one of them. Like um, it would, you know, and they eat so much and there's so much <laughs> good food. Like there was the food that was provided by the camp and like no one ate that because afterwards there would be like everyone would be like, oh, hey, I have this pig that we can just eat real quick or like they'll catch they'll catch stuff in the sea and then they'll cook you know they'll cook it up they'll and catch stuff in the sea yeah exactly it's uh, like that scene from forgetting sarah marshall where they make did you have to gut the pig just like jason siegel did in that yeah yeah exactly 
Um, no, but it, you know, it was, it was super cool experience as far as stuff that we did. Um, some, most of the people went swimming with sharks. Uh, they got in a shark cage and everything. Oh, that's um, so I get really bad seasickness. And so, um, I couldn't go on the boat out with them. So I didn't, I actually didn't do that. Uh, but that was a possibility of things that you could do. I, we, we did like a zip line course, you know, that sounds um, fun. That's fine, yeah. yeah, um, the beaches were so cool. I've never been in a warm beach before. Like I've never been in water that was naturally warm before. <laughs> and when I got in the beach, I and like went to the water. I was like, "What the heck? This is crazy." I would never expect it to be so warm. But you know, the best thing about Hawaii was you know being on the coast and just you know you're out in the middle of no not not in the middle of nowhere, but you're out where there's no lights or anything. There's no light pollution. You can just look up and like the sky mm-hmm. is incredible. Like. In the movie, when they're talking about the sky, that is one thing. I, like when they showed the stars, I was like, "That is the one thing I will never forget about Hawaii." Was just how gorgeous the sky is, and how I've never seen it like that anywhere else. Because there, it really is mm-hmm. stunning. That's awesome. Yeah, Ryan, any of that sound uh, particularly <laughs> exciting to you? I mean, yeah, it all sounds super fun. I already know what your answer is going to be, so I'm not going to take that. Um, you can you can pick it if no you I don't no I don't want to take I know what yours is going to be and I'm not going to take it because it's not sure. it wouldn't it wouldn't be my answer anyway so okay um I would want to remove the village people from their land and build a space station to launch a rocket <laughs> into the air they get two mountains though right they get two mountains no, no we promised to they only get half of a mountain and, and a, no, no cell service no cell service I don't know I really like just being on the water um. So I would just spend all my time at the beach probably, but I would want to take in like all the customs and stuff too. I think of the things that you mentioned, Cameron, that sounded the most fun to me was the zip line course. Cause I've always wanted yeah, to, that's fun. I've always wanted to go on a zip line like that. Is it one of those where like, have you never been on a zip line? Not like a, not like a course, no, just yeah, like, not a like a course one, single. just one. Yeah. We had one in college. Oh. We had one in college that we could do. To, to get from class to class yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was just like this in like this random like wood like we had this like wood air woods oh, area by like, yeah, yeah, yeah. by like our baseball field at college and if you stumbled in there you could set up an appointment to like have <laughs> someone train you and go onto the yeah. course and it was cool um that was the same time where i the one time I went there and I didn't go on the course, I dropped a cinder block on my foot and broke it. Oh, so, well, that's fun. Well, yeah. So should have like I should have. Yeah, I should have done that instead. Um, so, yeah, I, that would be fun. But mostly I would just want to do anything that involves the water. That would be, yeah, that yeah. Would be fun. And, well, there's and, lots and, of and, that there. And launch a rocket into space. Yeah. Yeah, of course. All That's right, Joel. Joel, what's your answer going to be? I know, I know for sure what it is, though. Well, I'll save it for last then, uh, because I would also want to eat a lot, like yep, Cam said. Is, mm, yeah. yep, is that is. what you thought I was going to say? Absolutely, yeah. yeah oh, okay. Well, what, then when yeah. you hear the real one, you're going to be like, oh, duh. Um, I would want to eat a lot. Is it? Uh, is it? Go up to a volcano and cast the ring into the fire? No. Yeah, because you guys don't understand that reference. It would, yeah, because I've never seen a Lord of the Rings movie. Let's get that out there again now. Um, eat a lot, same as you. Go in the ocean like crazy. I would love to cage have a shark. I'm sorry you didn't get to do that, uh, Cam. Would, yeah, that sounds like fun. Uh, but like the number one thing I want to do if I ever go to Hawaii is go see where they filmed Jurassic Park. Oh, There's like tours that you can do. That makes sense. Um, they actually where the helicopter lands when they first get to the island, like that waterfall, you can hike to it. And I already love hiking anyway, so I'd go hike out there and go check which, that out. Which island did most of that shooting take place on? 
I'm know? pretty sure it was the main was, island. Yeah, yeah, Oahu. Big Island. Yeah, Oahu, yeah. The Big the Big Island. Oahu, yeah. Yeah. Big Island Oahu, iced yeah. tea. Shouts to Big Island Ice Tea and Murrieta non-sponsored. We can't, we can't have another beverage as a sponsor on the show. We've already locked in I, our answer. I on that will one. say, well, the the interesting thing for me for me in Hawaii was getting to Hawaii and like not Hon- having simply lemonade. <laughs> uh, Honolulu. Actually, no. I think I got drugged in Hawaii. Like no joke. Whoa. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think quick curveball. Yeah. No, I think I did. Like I have. Yeah, I I had um it was the last day there and we went to this place and they had like little sample little samples of like drinks or whatever and I got a little I tried a little cup of coffee and I think someone put something in it because I felt just out of my mind after that little cup like I felt so sick and like, maybe it was just like insane coffee. Yeah, plus you were what like 14? You said you were a freshman in high school, right? I think I was 15, 16, maybe. Okay. Well, you're, I mean, yeah, it's just, it probably just like such a natural bean for the cup of coffee that maybe you just couldn't handle it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I felt, I felt drugged. I don't think, I don't else. think anyone, I don't think anyone on the island like had roofies in their pocket <laughs> and was just putting it into the coffee to get all the high school kids sick. I, I hope that's, that wasn't the case because that would, that would affect my, I, maybe I will build the you're rocket. Like, I, I, I don't think I am going to go to Hawaii. Well, anymore. one yeah. of our, one of our people almost didn't make it on the plane because we, he, he left his ID. He went to he snuck away from the group and went and bought some cigarettes in a in a like in <laughs> a, a store or whatever. Clown. And he left his ID there. So not only did the leader of the camp find out that this kid was sneaking away to buy cigarettes, but we all he almost didn't make the plane. But you know. Oh no, we're <laughs> gonna have to leave you in Hawaii. Uh, Sorry, bud. Yeah. What's this? What's this kid's name? I want names. You don't have to actually tell me. I was going to say, I know it. Yeah. You can tell me off. You can tell me off. <laughs> All right. Off yeah. Mic. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll tag him in our next Instagram. But <laughs> what I was saying is the thing about Honolulu is it's very crazy. It, it almost like, it reminds me of San Francisco as in like. Without the smog. Yeah. Without the smog. And it like very much, you know how like San Francisco has like very poor areas, right? like that okay. like no no yeah. no but you know yeah. like you know what i'm saying like yeah. like in all the movies like hawaii is like seen as like very like tropical but like right. you get to the city and it's like oh this is another city you know this is this is the this is one of the first movies that i've seen uh coming back around on aloha this is one of the first movies that i've seen where they actually like take you into like the main cities of hawaii even just for a little bit even it was just like a montage but like you see like most like you said like most like filming that takes place on hawaii it's just on the coast the whole time mm-hmm. you don't ever really see the ins and outs. so it's almost like and you could probably attest to this cameron probably most people don't even really know what like the real hawaii is like, like yeah i do because i went there on a, a right no tour. that's what that's why i'm saying you no i'm te- yeah. no i'm teasing no i don't know what the real hawaii is like like i've i've seen the tourist side of it right <laughs> okay so yeah who knows what who knows what Hawaii is like, but we all, I feel like we would all would like to go there in some capacity. We watched a really good documentary this week about it. About Hawaii? Yeah, it's called Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many times we can say Aloha this episode. Hello. Well, I can't wait to say the goodbye Aloha once we're done talking about it. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. Um, so coming back around into this film, I was the one that chose Aloha for us to watch this week oh like, it was you that picked it, it was me i would like to um personally apologize to yeah. my two friends with me here and as well as anyone that chooses to listen to watch this movie and to listen to, this to and then listen to our show i appreciate the listen but i apologize if you watch the film ahead of time 
because when I when this came out in 2015, I think I said this uh, maybe la- I either said this off mic or at the end of last week's episode. It was a film that I was kind of interested in, like Cameron Crowe, uh, a well-established director, and we'll touch on his, some of his stuff later on. But he's a well-known director. The cast is really like a superb cast. A lot of great talent mixed in there. I know when it was when it was going through um, the be- like when it was going through the cast in the beginning, it was like they're in this, they're in this, they're <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's so it's a lot of heavy hitters in Hollywood, yeah. especially some of them at like the like a guy like Bradley Cooper. This was probably like him at like the top of his game, not in this mm-hmm. film performance wise, but like his like star power right. was. This like, was right after Silver Linings Playbook, I believe. Or was it the same year? Silver yeah, Linings no, was, was it was like, like two years later. Eleven, wasn't it? Twenty twelve. Oh, was it, it that Silver long ago? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it was, yeah. I just watched that like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was twenty twelve, I believe. Great. So great twenty movie. so twenty thirteen oh, yeah. Oscars. So this was about two and a half years after. Um but yeah, Emma Stone uh really starting to take off at this point. Um, and then some of your John Krasinski is still at the peak of the office when this came out, mm-hmm. them coming towards the end. Um, Bill Murray, of course, always a big, uh, a big star in what he's mm-hmm. in. So it's like, you see the cast, you see the Alec director. Baldwin. Yeah. Alec Danny Baldwin. McBride, Rachel McAdams. Danny McBride was such a curveball for me. I was like, yeah, what? I just remember seeing the trailer and being like, this looks interesting, mm-hmm. but, but I waited until it was going to come out. And Bill Camp. I, yeah, Bill Camp. Yeah, well. um, that's basically everybody, and a young Jaden Martell. Uh, yeah, of, of it of the it movie fame. I saw it. I saw mm-hmm. him. I was like, yeah, that's the kid from it. It has to be. It is. Yeah. So you see this cast. It's a well-known director. It looks like an interesting enough premise, I guess. There, I was like, oh, okay, I'll probably check this out. But then just it just kind of fell fell under my radar. It was a summer film. Came out in May, I believe. Yeah, May 29th, twenty fifteen. So a summer film, a lot of other stuff going on, I believe, at that time uh, with the summer blockbuster months. And it just kind of fell off. I didn't go see it. This was back before like AMC A-List and MoviePass and things where you had to pay to go to see individual movies. And I just skipped this one. Then I find out that this movie is one of like the worst rated films. People hated it. It was very offensive. And we will touch on all of this stuff as we go farther into this. But it just kind of fell off my radar, and I. But I always thought it was like funny, like because people were making fun of it so much. I was like, oh, this is this this must be an absolute joke of a film. But I waited, what has it been, six years now, basically, to finally see it. And with this show that we're doing, I knew this was one of the first movies that popped into my head when I told you guys about mm-hmm. doing the podcast. It was one of the first ones hmm. that I thought of. I was like, I would love to finally talk about this film and finally see it. So we pick it for this episode. And it lived up to the expectations that I had for it, which were very little because this movie, in my opinion, is an absolute trailer <laughs> of a film. Um, Joel, had you seen Aloha before this? No, this, I just watched it today, actually, this morning. And what did you think going into it? I mean, I'm going to pl- be completely honest with you guys. I'm not going to say I liked it, but like, I expected it to be much worse based on the, like, negative hype i guess i could say that was like built up for it um it definitely wasn't great but like i wouldn't say 
to use a, like what Cameron likes to say, I wouldn't say it was like offensively bad or like it left me enraged. I was just kind of like, all right, like I, I watched of, this. I can think of one person here who's going to think it's offensively bad. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm certain. <laughs> I, I'm certain, and I'll, I'll I'll totally understand it too. Like it's not like I think like oh like how can people not like this or something. Um, but I just I think I expected it to be a lot worse. There was definitely a lot of things wrong with it. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't like. Like, I'm not, like, angry that I watched it. It was just kind of like, okay, like, this is how I spent an hour and 45 minutes of my life today. <laughs> when I picked this one, I was waiting to see what you guys thought about it. Mm-hmm. And Cameron was watching the movie. I believe it was yesterday, right, Cameron? You were watching Yeah, it, it was yesterday. I, <laughs> and, I started it before the Super Bowl. And he sends us a text message, and, he, and all it says is, I hate you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cam, what did you think about Aloha? Okay, so... This movie and like I, I feel like I, I have a hard time because I feel like every movie we watch I say, kind of the same that like <laughs> this is the worst thing. Yeah, and I yeah. like I like I don't I don't want it like, like literally watching movies makes me think oh wow you know what the wrinkle in time might not have been so bad like <laughs> you know like this movie I was watching it, and I was just like, this might be one of the dumbest plots <laughs> I have ever seen in a movie. Like, like, uh, beauty, like, um, uh, what was the one? Collateral, Collateral beauty. beauty. Yeah. Like that plot was really stupid. Right. Like it was, it was, it was vile, but like, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to like, it was linear at least. Like, I, yeah, I don't want to like come on the, like to the defense of collateral beauty, but like, we talked about this at least like something was there, right? Like they mm-hmm. went around or they went around it the entire wrong way by trying to make it like a feel good movie or whatever. But like Aloha, I'm, I'm watching this movie like this, like what this movie is dumb. It's what you like. It's, it's a, you said it in the intro, right? And this was the point I'm like, so there's a guy who, is going to Hawaii and he's doing contracting work so that they can build a rocket and shoot it into outer space above the Hawaiians. And there's like this, like, uh, there's like this conflict of like, Oh, well, are we, you know, ethically, are we wrong for invading their space kind of thing? We took their land. Are we also taking their sky? By the way, it's a romance movie. Sexy (laughs) as hell. Right. (laughs) <laughs> that was the thing that was like that was one of the things that really bothered me was like this movie was like trying to be too many things mm-hmm. you know like even on like the imdb it says i think uh let me see comedy drama romance you know it was like why is it trying to be all three of these like get one right you know yeah, yeah it, it was just like bradley cooper is a military contractor who wants to shoot a rocket into a space isn't that sexy? <laughs> like it's just what? I'll be honest with you. I maybe it was because I was like pausing and like taking notes throughout the watch, and it was my first rewatch. I didn't really know what the plot was until like, yeah, at it least was confusing. You, 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 until like yeah, exactly. Until like halfway through the movie, you have no clue like what's really happening. Yeah, you know, I don't understand. It made no sense. It was like, well, it opens up with like trying to like explain like Bradley Cooper's past and like what exactly he's doing. It opens yeah. up with a really stupid narration by him. Yes. yes. <laughs> but it goes super fast and it's yeah. like, 
okay and it's like not until halfway through like it's not until halfway through that you like realize like everything like bill murray's character is thrown in there he's like oh there's you know this billionaire that i'm doing mm-hmm. contract work for and it's like he's a government contractor this is whoa no one wants to watch yeah um, this no one wants to watch this he's a government contractor struggling with the choice between his former girlfriend he hasn't seen in 13 years that's married it's married with two kids or this girl that he literally just met yeah today but also but also i'm a i'm a lone wolf and there's going to be coyote. this rocket shot up and it's got it's hacked by the Chinese. Yeah, oh, we don't, don't know that until like until like, the very end. Yeah, until like yeah. 20 30 minutes left in the movie. And he destroys the rocket to get the girl. Bill Murray's a classic mustache twirling <laughs> villain at the, the end of this. Yeah, yeah this I, is, think. I mean, I can't believe they didn't see my rocket with the weapons in the air. This <laughs> his is... line is something like your life's about to be very difficult. <laughs> it's like okay. okay. Yeah. That's like that's creepy. Yeah, I no, I I was I was mad at Ryan because I was like, <laughs> this is legitimately one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, we're we're on a hell of a hot streak. With yeah, some you know when we recently. started off this when we started off this show, we were doing movies that like weren't honestly too bad, like The Greatest Showman and. Like I say that now, having watched more yeah, movies, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, The Greatest Showman, Fallen Kingdom, um, Green Lantern, like. Like, honestly, give me Green Lantern, right? I like, think I think our last three Collateral Beauty, Cups of Treat, and Aloha are just such a run. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like they really get to the awfulness yeah. and like We're, we gotta we gotta pick some stuff that's well. I think they're better. good because I I think I actually do think they're good movies to have on the podcast. Oh because yeah, they're bad yeah, in sure. very different ways. Yeah, right. And like yeah. we can show like they're different genres, and we can pick apart. Like what those <laughs> meow? Uh, we can pick apart what those genres, what you can do right and what you can do, you know, what can be yeah. done right in those genres, and or all how the you ma- can go all wrong. The, all the many ways you can do it wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's not just one way. And Aloha takes all of the ways you can do a romance movie wrong and does every single one of them. <laughs> it's really funny because we want to talk about uh, Sony Pictures, who is the distributor for this film. I don't know if you guys remember this, but if you remember back in 2014, Sony had the email hack. So mm-hmm. like a bunch of different oh, movies. Yeah. Um, like what was the the interview, I believe, was like the main catalyst of controversy, right? The one with Seth so, yeah. and James Franco. There was also um, the – that was – there was also the stuff um, about Spectre. Yeah. Got, and, they, and that was when they were like, the script is shit. Yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> – one of the she's not with Sony anymore, but if you remember Amy Pascal, I believe she was the was she the president? No, she was the co-chair of Sony Pictures when this uh, when this leak happened. Mm-hmm. And one and some of her emails got leaked out, including one in re- that we have here in regards to uh, Aloha. So oh, I'm going to no. read you guys the dialogue from the email real quick. Um, she wrote uh, that in many aspects of this movie's characters and plot. She said that it made no sense. And this is her direct quote that I'm going to read to you now. I'm never starting a movie again when the script is ridiculous and we all know it. I don't care how much I love the director or the actors. It never, not even once, ever works. As much as I want movies to release, this is way worse. (laughs) At least the marketing departments at both studios have something to sell that looks big and glossy. We have this movie in for a lot of dough and we better look at it. Scott Rudin didn't once go to the set 
or help us in the editing room or fix the script. If you're not familiar, are you guys familiar with Scott Rudin? No. Um, he's like a major producer. Um, some of the films that he's uh, helped produce, uh, Social Network, No Country for Old Men, Moonrise Kingdom, Lady Bird. He's like a major influence as a EP, but he was like at the front of the line as a producer for this film, but he never went to the set, so he had no idea what was going on. Huh. So, so that is the co-chair of the studio that is distributing the film, just blasting it. And this is just the only one that I could find about this film i'm sure there was much more spoken about so we want to talk about like us maybe not liking it even the people that were in charge of making yeah. this movie and distributing this movie did not believe in this film. i really wonder what the cast thinks of this movie well i mean we there's one person in particular that we know <laughs> never wants to talk about this film again and that would be emma stone we should probably do we want to just get into this yeah let's right just now? get out of the yeah, way let's do it yeah, yeah. so Emma Stone in this film, and we all like Emma Stone, and obviously there's a movie in particular that mm -hmm. certain people on this show like where mm -hmm. she is one of the main characters. Easy A, great movie. Yes, Easy A. I also love Easy A. <laughs> um, Emma Stone plays the character Allison Ng. It's cr I don't know this for sure, and I meant to look this up. This is not – is this based on anything, this story? No. It's, so it's entirely new. Like, it's a uh, – it's not oh, I thought you guys had said it was adapted last right, week. Right, that's what I was asked. Is it an adapted screenplay or no? No, no, it's it's one hundred percent. Okay, so this is then that Cameron Crowe was like, "Hey, I think this is a good idea." Yeah, so this this makes it even worse. <laughs> Cameron Crowe is the director and the writer for this film. He has a character by the name of Allison Ng, who is supposed to be of Hawaiian descent and also, I believe, East Asian descent. Yeah, her she she explains her dad is half his her dad is Asian. Yeah. I think she says Chinese. No, yeah. She says, my dad is Chinese, my mom is white. Right. So, yeah, she's like Swedish, like like Swedish descent or whatever, her mom, mm -hmm. or whatever it was. And it's not even just the fact that this is a standard look into whitewashing in Hollywood. Um, it's just that, if you guys notice, in the film, she brings up that she's a quarter Hawaiian multiple times throughout the movie explaining it to the rest of the characters and i guess to the audience so it's one of these things where like you know this is a thing that is bad about the film because this should have been a role that was looked at for uh, a female character of hawaiian or asian descent to play the character and they just didn't do it because they went for the star power but the fact that they talk about it so much in the film heightened it even more to just make it even more public and just socially unacceptable uh, in regards to this. But yeah, em but Emma Stone has, ever since the movie came out, has anytime this, she's been asked about her role in Aloha has just completely talked about how this is a, just a, was a misguided casting choice. Cameron Crowe said the same things as that. And she knows that like, uh, what is it? She's, I have a quote here from her. Um, she said, I've learned on a macro level about the insane history of whitewashing in Hollywood and how prevalent the problem truly is. It's ignited a conversation that's very important. But she also said, in defense of her casting, the character was not supposed to look like her background, which is a quarter Hawaiian and a quarter Chinese. And on top of that, Emma Stone felt so bad about the whitewashing that she actually donated all of her salary that she made on this film to charity. 
<laughs> that's not true. I lied. Of course oh, okay. she did. Of course she didn't do <laughs> okay. that. She took the money. She doesn't care. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, Sounds I mean, getting political. I, I mean, I mean, are we between this and like Scarlett Johansson with Ghost of the, Ghost well, of the Shell okay. in 2017? Like, it's all just. But I, there, I, I want to hear what you guys think. There's about a difference between Ghost of the, and I'm not. I'm not defending Ghost in the Shell. I want that to be clear. But the difference between Ghost in the Shell and this movie is that Ghost in the Shell, there was a character who was Asian or whatever, and then they changed the role so that it was a white character played by a white person. Which is is another issue, but a different issue. Which... Which is what a lot of movies will do, is that they'll just take characters that are, you know, whatever, you know, non-white, non-white races and then turn them into white characters. But this movie, I don't know if I had seen a movie in the modern era, like in our, like since I've, you know, where they literally took someone who was white and they're like, hey, we have an Asian character. Let's hire a white person. That blows my mind in 2015, how they cast someone to be Asian who is white like and like I like I had to look up like is it like is there any chance that Emma Stone is a little bit Asian nope 100% white I saw like um I uh, Scottish Irish uh, English and German that I saw that that was like her none of of those countries reside in Asia (laughs) yeah so it's I mean this and it wouldn't, like you said, it wouldn't have been as bad if it was like every scene she wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm I'm one fourth Hawaiian, I'm Asian, I'm there was one fourth Hawaiian. There was one scene where the scene isn't even focusing on her, and you could just hear her in the background yeah. saying it to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like the scene is like with Rachel McAdams and Bradley Cooper, and we still hear Emma Stone in the background like, yeah, so my father, he's such and such, and I'm such and such, so that makes me a quarter Hawaiian. It's like, why are you just beating the dead horse on this you you know this is a thing that people don't like it's very uncomfortable and joelle in regards like the cast as a whole like emma stone's the casting that drew everyone's ire but the issue isn't just with her because there's a lot of talk in this film about like the mysticism and the spirituality Mm -hmm. of the island of hawaii your saint your seven main cast members (laughs) are just white people Mm mm-hmm there's no diversity in this cast whatsoever. And these other roles didn't have to just be white people. It was just this one one character was specifically described as a Hawaiian East Asian descent. Everybody else could have been anything, any other race, and no one would have even cared. But the fact that they just went with an all-white cast just to get that star power, I don't know. It's just something that just doesn't sit well with me. What do you think about that? I mean, I I don't know. Like... Not to sound insensitive or be devil's advocate, but like, at least with the rest of the cast, for me, and and I, I agree, you know, with Emma Stone, they probably could have cast someone Asian, but even that, like, had they said, had she been like, oh, I'm, I'm, my mom is Mexican, uh, she was born in Mexico, and my dad is white, and then they're like, oh, we cast Emma Stone, like, I personally, I, I wouldn't care. Like, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Like, I, I've seen Mexicans that look like they're not Mexican at all, you know? And not to say that could be the case with her character, but it it, it wasn't enough for me that I was like, yeah, this is, like, outlandish. Like, yeah, I was like, why wouldn't they just cast someone who was actually of this ethnicity? But it wasn't something that, like, I was like, there's been so many worse situations like this. Um, but with, like, the main cast... I think a big part of that is the fact that they're all these military people, you know, and, and if you're going to these military bases all over around the world, 
you're going to have people living there that aren't of that race, you know, yeah. that aren't of, of that actual descent. And so, like, with all the main characters being white, it's like, it, could it have been a little more diverse? Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't enough that I was, like, upset about it. You know, I wasn't like, what the hell, do you know? It's, it's more of just something that I noticed as opposed to something Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for about. sure. No, and, and, like, I mean, you you're totally right. Like, there totally easily could have been more diversity in it, you know? Yeah, but yeah, just, with the, it, it, you go ahead. No, I say with the Emma stone thing, like it, it's just such a simple fix. Like just yeah. cast yeah. someone of, the, of the well, descent, you know, it's like, that's the thing. There's some, like, if you look at, like, if you look at cinema in recent years, like, can you name, like I can name, like I can name movies with, you know, Latinx leads. I can name movies with, you know, um, you know, lots of different people of color, but like Asian like Asian leads especially are yeah. kind of hard to think of. Like you have crazy rich Asians. That's um, why and that's why that film was so important, crazy. Yeah, and yeah. it's like but like when you think like you know, I actually learned Keanu Reeves is Asian. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't know that because I was doing some research on this and one of the articles I was reading is that um Part of the issue that they, one of the things that they're saying is a little bit of an issue is that so many um, Asian actors, like, you know, mixed Asian actors are passable as white, yeah. right? That they said, like, maybe Cameron Crowe was looking at those actors and like, oh, okay, well, since Asian actors are passable as white, I can cast Emma Stone as, you know, an Asian character, which, you know, is obviously the wrong way of going about it but mm -hmm. like um like thinking but like the like the thing is is like there's not like that's the crazy thing is like in these roles where there could have been any race they put white people right, right. but then in the role where they specifically said a certain race they still put a white person exactly right? and like i feel like that's more like that's kind of the big issue there yeah for sure it's yeah. just it's just a thing that you i don't i honestly don't know if if they just never mention in the film what her descent is, <clears throat> even if you just rewrite it where it's just like, she doesn't have to be of Hawaiian descent. Maybe, maybe she's just lived down the Island her whole life. Well, that's the know. thing. Like, she could have yeah, just, there's so many solutions <laughs> to this, you know, again, the easiest one is just cast differently, you also, know, cast some of the descent, yeah, you know, that. but like, like you said, I, Olivia I Munn would have been perfect in this uh, role. Yeah, she would have. Yeah. That's she would have been perfect in this role. She was too busy on X-Men apocalypse. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 literally think of this role as Olivia Munn. She would have been absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe she's not as good of an actress as Emma Stone is, but I don't I think it's negligible. Emma Stone's acting like, in this movie was not a strong yeah, point, the, though. Was, yeah. it, was was anyone's? Like honestly. No, everyone phoned it in. I mean it yeah. was, you know. But we'll we'll get into we'll get into the cast a little bit more because there's another thing I want to touch on uh later on with them. I wanna talk about what critics had to say because critics were very upset with the casting elements with this, especially with Emma Stone and it reflects in their reviews for the film. So Rotten Tomatoes has the critic rating at 20% for Oof. this film, which honestly, I, based on what we've seen recently, like we talked about some of those tough films we've sat mm -hmm. through the last couple of weeks. This was the highest rated of the three. If I'm looking correctly, I know uh, couples retreat was very low. It was like 10%. I think collateral view was like 14. So this one's sitting at 20 I don't know. It just kind of surprised me. It surprised me even more after I saw the film. Joel, you probably think that 20 is about right, or do you think maybe it's yeah, too low? I'd say 20 is fine. Again, I think this is another one of those movies that for most people, 
like we watch these movies and, and this is something I wanted to bring up last week too. And you guys can maybe agree or disagree. Um, but like me specifically, we all know that I, I always say I go into a movie and 99% of the time I walk out and I say, yeah, it was fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was good. But w- w- for the show's sake, when we watch these movies, I feel like I put it under a very fine microscope. You know, like I'm picking at things that I normally wouldn't care about. Yeah, we have to. Um, you're right. Exactly. Like for, we, we have to, you know, that's, that's the whole point. Um, but again, I think the general public doesn't think that way. You know, more often than not, they're, they're not really thinking about that. And I think this is that type of movie, especially, you know, star power wise um, and just like general content. You know, it's like this is something that, you know, Joe Schmo is going to go to the theater and walk out of it and like, oh, it was OK. You know, they, they're not going to love it, you know, but maybe they'll be like, eh, it was whatever. I see your point. And in most cases, I would agree with you on that. But with this one, the numbers speak against what you're saying. Because the yeah, audience just, score for this is at twenty eight percent. Yeah, I was so, gonna say I disagree with Joel and Well that's no that's I mean one. that that goes Dude, with what I'm saying. Well I thought you were kinda saying that like audiences aren't going to look into these things as deeply as like a critic I, or No, I, well I'm not saying that an audience is gonna give this like a fifty or a sixty or seventy. Like I think a twenty is about right because I think, you know, if you go into it and say ten people went and watched this movie at least two of them are going to walk out of it saying like, yeah, it was fine because they're not looking deep into it. You know what I mean? I, I don't think maybe I, maybe I misspoke or, or worded it weird. I'm not saying I expected the audience to come out of this, giving it, you know, high praise no. or, Oh, we loved it. But I don't know. I think a 20 is fine. I couldn't see this getting lower than, you know, no, I, tw- 20 I, I, sounds I, about right. What I'm trying to say in line with you is that like the critics had a very low score for it and mm-hmm. the audience score was fairly similar so like in most cases we've seen the audience scores high percentage right. points ahead of the critics and this wasn't the case there so maybe i think what you're saying is right in most cases i really right do. right yeah i get but what you're in saying thi- yeah, yeah. in this case i think the numbers speak against it a little bit more well, and i think cameron was kind of going to touch on that as well so i think i think the reason why is when it comes to audiences, as Joel was saying, they go in to see a movie, they watch, they walk out going, yeah, it was all right. The main thing they pay attention to is plot, right? That's yeah. the main thing. Was the story interesting? Yeah, okay, it was fine. As we talked about earlier, none of us knew what was going on until halfway mm-hmm. through, right? No one really knew what was happening. And even when they did, the plot was like just way pretty out ridiculous. there. Yeah, yeah, pretty ridiculous. And so... I feel that's why, you know, I feel like even the audience came out at like even someone who's just like, you know, who would typically be like, yeah, it was fine. Would come yeah. out of this movie being like, what? You know, yeah. and that yeah, no, it's no, not and, an interesting story good. at all. No, it's a, those are very it's a very good point. You know, it, it's I think, like you said, most general audiences do. That's what they walk out thinking, like, was the story good? You know, and maybe not as a, on deep of a level as some others may, but yeah. just in general, like, did, was that story good that I enjoyed it? You know, and and you're right, like, like we talked about this, this story is pretty much nothing until you know the the halfway, maybe three quarters away point, and then it just gets really out there, and it, it's pretty outlandish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the audience, we talk about like how the audiences kind of saw mm-hmm. this film. Not many of them saw it, though. <laughs> That's the other. Oh, issue really? Have you guys looked at the financials for this one yet? No, not. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. So buckle up. So the budget for Aloha was thirty-seven million dollars. 
Not, oh my goodness, I'm looking yeah. at it already. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not too high of a budget. How is probably. this movie cheaper than Couples Retreat? Well, <laughs> CG, <laughs> CG sharks. The CG sharks were massive. The only that was hard C- to say, CG sharks. The only CG we have in this film is uh, Bradley Cooper's extra toe. No, you have the ter- <laughs> the you have the yeah. terrible oh, yeah. satellites. They look like they haven't been rendered in Blender. I satellites. literally looked at it and I was like, "That that's not a finished shot." <laughs> <laughs> they just forgot. To, they forgot to render it. In post. Yeah. <laughs> so thirty-seven million dollar budget. The domestic opening weekend. And again, mind you, this is the summer movie time. A lot of uh, people go to the movies in the summer. The opening weekend, nine point six million. <laughs> the total domestic box office for its entire run just over 21 million <laughs> the total box office for the entirety of this film 26.2 million dollars how do you not make back 37 million? Oh, okay man. so i want there is a caveat with the international release it only outside of domestically it only released in seven other countries um it released in spain venezuela brazil argentina australia new zealand and singapore so they avoided pretty much all of asia so i i I was very intrigued by this. The so UK voted extra. for Brexit, but they were they, even they were like, Aloha's too bad. Don't it's, get it, it out of here. I did a little extra digging because I was curious about this. I was trying to figure out why they didn't release it because we could have had like another issue um, where like uh, where like with Once Upon a Time where China refused to show mm-hmm. the film because of the Bruce Lee the stuff. Bruce Lee. I thought maybe this one would be similar with the Emma Stone casting. It really just turns out I saw that like a lot of the a lot of the European countries, they had it scheduled to release in the theaters, and the film performed so poorly in America, <laughs> in the Americas, that they pulled it from the release schedule and just threw it on the foreign Netflix. I was going to say, it's probably distributors were just like, it's not yeah. worth it. Exactly. Dang. Yeah. They yeah. Ref- they just didn't want to take up the theater yeah, space. That makes sense. That. Yeah. So, but th- the numbers, I know that's like a caveat, but like you said, Cameron, like, how do you not even you can't even break even on this thing you missed it by over 10 million dollars yeah yeah like there's a kid who you know kids who on reddit who invested in um gamestop made more money than this movie (laughs) (laughs) it is just Uh, to the moon i don't i don't but then you see it and i get it like i understand why i didn't make my i believe and you guys correct me this is by far the lowest financial standing we've had of anything we've reviewed here yeah 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 for sure it has to be what about kurt cameron saving christmas i don't i wouldn't even i don't even count that doesn't doesn't even count count. as a real movie that's not even a real movie i don't know what that that's like a that's like a home video i think is what we described it as (laughs) yeah watched it that's what it felt like um so we're gonna start getting into the meat of this actual plot as they said (laughs) it in air quotes (laughs) um But before we do that, let's get into the synopsis for our film. Disgraced Air Force pilot Brian Gilchrist has been given a second chance with the U.S. government to oversee a top-secret project in Hawaii. But he will need to partner with an overly aggressive captain, Allison Ng, and figure out how to coexist with one another. Gilchrist must also tangle with a reconciliation with his former girlfriend, Tracy, that he has not seen in 13 years. Throughout the film, Gilchrist struggles with the morality of his new assignment and manages his newly built love triangle. Guys, I want to talk about Cameron Crowe a little bit more in length here because he's a he's an established director. Like these are films that we all know. Like Say Anything was his directorial debut in 1989. 
Um, then he did singles, Jerry Maguire, which I know won some Oscars. It won Best Picture, didn't it? Right. I, I don't know if it won Best The only one I know I remember is Cuba Gooding Jr. winning Supporting Actor. I don't remember for that sure. That was a lit acceptance speech. It was. It's one of the best ones. Like that one and like the Sally Field one are the ones that everybody talks about. Um, so, yeah, he did Jerry Maguire. Then, yeah, he did Jerry Maguire, Almost Famous, which I think is maybe my favorite of his films that I've seen. Uh, Vanilla Sky, Elizabeth Town, and my favorite fact about Elizabeth Town is that it's one of the main actors is Paula Dean, which I just think is <laughs> I think is hilarious. Um, and then We Bought a Zoo in 2011 was his. I like that film. movie. Is it good? I've never seen We. Bought I like a zoo. that movie. Now, granted, I saw it when I was younger, but I still I still remember liking it. It just yeah. won actor in a supporting role. That's the only That's it won I the thought. Golden Globe, though. That's what I was thinking. It won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical. Oh, um, like Hamilton's going to. Oh, man. When is that award show? When is that? When are they airing that? Uh, end of the month, I think. Yeah. Oh, is it? The 28th, I believe. People were so upset about those nominations. Like, I'm one of those people that it's doesn't It's the really Golden Globe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of those people that doesn't care about the Golden Globes. It's the the Oscars and the Emmys are like the only two that No I'm one should like care about the, the Golden Globes. No, it's just it's just uh they're a it's joke. Just, it's whoever financially backs it the most is the one that gets the wins most of the time. So they're but, a joke. Yeah. So I don't care about that. But yeah, so but he's a director that is he has is established a he's a, <laughs> thank you. He's established himself and he's made some great films. Then he comes out with Aloha in 2015, and we haven't heard from him since. <laughs> he hasn't made anything since then. He directed a couple episodes of the television show, I have it here, Roadies, which oh, I've, yeah. I've never seen that. Actually, you know, that one was – I actually read an article about that. That one was in hot water, too, because he cast a white person to play an Asian character. No, that's no, not true. No yes. It was after yes, it was after Aloha. He did the same thing. The article was literally tired. the The article was literally titled "Does Cameron Crowe not know what an Asian person looks like?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that is problematic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we haven't heard from, and that was a show that ran one season, ten episodes on Showtime. I believe he was like the lead creator on it. He directed a couple episodes, and like I said, we haven't heard from since. Um, I just want to say it was real canceled quick, after one season. I just yeah, want to say yeah. real quick, he ruined a perfectly good name, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, that's or right. Crow, or Crow. The Cameron. Well, uh, Kirk Cameron and Kirk Cameron. Oh, well, Camerons keep popping up on this, and they're not great. Yeah, not the best. <laughs> okay, Camerons. well, at least we got one good one. Which one? Okay. Uh, Mike Cameron. <laughs> Oh. Former center fielder for the San Diego Padres. He was former center fielder for a lot of teams. Oh, Jordan yes, Cameron. he was. Yeah. Who? Tight end, Who? Jordan Cameron. That's another one, yeah. I he do was have a, a tight Cle- end. Was, a, was he a Cleveland Brown? He was, yeah. Yeah, I think a Dolphin after that. Um. <laughs> so, Kirk Cameron. Uh, not Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Cameron Crow. <laughs> oh, damn it. Cameron, Is that what happened? Yeah. Cameron Crow is always a writer director on his projects and i think we could all at least agree that this is a poorly written film wouldn't you guys say that yeah yeah the dialogue sucked yeah it's just not written well so i don't know like i just don't 
I don't know how he fell off so badly with this film because I don't think there's anything in that group of previous work. Like I said, I haven't seen We Bought a Zoo, but I'll take your word, Cameron, that it's I liked pretty it. solid. I don't think there's anything else in this group that I, is even close to as bad as Aloha. Like, all I don't know how someone wrote this. <laughs> how do you come up with this idea? Like, I'm so, like, I'm sorry. How do you come up? You're like, yeah, I want to do a rom-com. It's about, and I know I've covered this, but I want to do a rom-com about a government contractor who goes to Hawaii to launch a rocket. That doesn't make any sense. He was probably trying that, to be that, like that, so outlandish, like, "Oh, I want to do something new. I want to be experiment, quote, you know, be experimental." But like, I want to be, you know, something different than what I typically make. And then he does this. It's so like a, weird. He had like a. He, he was out of ideas, so he put up a bunch of note cards with random words on the wall, and he took he a dart, darts. and he was like, "All right, Hawaii, rocket, contractor." love it's like he was filling out a mad lib <laughs> he was like rocket oh so i should cast bradley cooper <laughs> but I, see, I see we did there thank you bradley cooper's best role as rocket raccoon my hands don't scan <laughs> but, you, but you but you watched silver Lang's playbook i did yeah he was great in that that's a great movie yeah i, I love say rocket movie. raccoon is better because he's been in like five films and has an entire Disneyland attraction dedicated. I to think him. honestly, That's if true. I'm being completely honest, and I think Cameron, you'll agree with me on this. Like when you talk about Riley Cooper, I instantly think of The Hangover. Like that's his best role, hands down. You said best role? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Bradley no, Cooper Cameron, was, was star think, power no, and no, Hangover. Cameron, no, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm just. Of, when you think of Bradley Cooper, you're definitely thinking of Silver Linings. I'm just prodding Cameron here. I know I'm, you are. <laughs> yeah. I know you are. <laughs> Is he Which, frozen or angry? I can't tell. It's a little bit of both, I think, actually. Yeah, well. You think of Silver Linings Playbook when you think of Bradley Cooper. Well, duh. Right? I, actually, yeah. I, I actually think of, of – I, I did the same. That seems that seems about right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I can't think of Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper as anything else. They are. So, they are silver linings. Like they. Like when they, they are. Those, they are they the are silver lining to my playbook. They are the silver linings playbook. That's right. That one, yeah, I can't believe the movie came out eight years ago, nine years yeah. ago. I like that movie. That was good. good that, I'm glad you suggested that I watch it. A yeah, it was a great one. Ago. Did you? Guys oh, you know? only recently saw it. Just recently, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. and he texted me trying... about it. I did. He said, "Hey, I just watched Silver Linings Playbook." Yeah, because I was worried he didn't like it. Yeah, he was concerned. That's what I, I said when he watched her. I yeah, was like, same thing. I was like, you might not like it, and I'll be like, yeah. I'll understand if you and don't. I, and I loved both of those films. Like I told you guys, yeah. High five, Cameron. Well, so Silver Linings is just like um, just as a just as a it's just put together very well, and I I'm I'm really sad to hear I'm like I really hate hearing that David O. Russell is a terrible person and a terrible. Yeah. Uh, director to work with and he just brutalizes people because his movies are very like he, he gets some fantastic performances out of his actors well he did um silver linings playbook was his directorial debut is that correct no god no 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 no, no. he had no, been working that, long before so that's the one that put him on the on like the mainstream no no which one what, what am i forgetting with him though? he had been i mean i guess you could say that was maybe you could say that was his main i i, I don't because that movie wasn't even technically mainstream. Like, it just he did. Was so, he did the fighter. So yeah, he oh. did the fighter right before he did he the fighter. He was the, he was the director spank the, the monkey. <laughs> spank the monkey. <laughs> yeah, that movie's an interesting um, plot. I always forget about the fighter. No, that's, that's I funny. heart Huckabees. I know these are not necessarily you know. Yeah. Um, he did Three Kings. He did Joy. Oh, Three Kings is good. 
Um, Joy was after that, though. Yeah, so spanking. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Cameron, it sucks because I always hear, you know, all those terrible stories of him on set. But, like, I I was at a Q&A with him, and he was really, he was actually really cool. He always dresses like like the way you see him. Like, he always wears, like, these suits. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, but there's a story of uh, Christian. No, no, I've heard I've yeah, yeah, yeah. heard the stories. Like, Tell the, and I'm the sure story. they're true. Tell the story. Oh, that he made Amy Adams cry, and Christian Bale had to, like, come to, like. Is this during American Hustle? Yeah, yeah, he had to, like, protect her because, like, he was just going off on her yeah like you know i mean he had obviously he had worked with her before right she was in the fighter right that was her yeah 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 Yeah. i mean obviously you know obviously people choose to work with him because Mm -hmm. they know that he will push you to i forget this i forget exactly what the story is but like he, he like he obviously gets stuff out of actors and people still choose to work with him because they right. want to get to that level you know um it's just kind of like you you'll have actors like scorsese who don't get nearly as you know who are very you know a little bit more laid actors back. like scorsese yep. or sorry directors like <laughs> scorsese who get at performances from their actors but don't go without the, you know, like harassing them yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he hasn't um he hasn't directed anything in a while joy was his last feature film and that was 2015 I know he's got another project. It's because he saw Aloha and yeah, just decided to quit. <laughs> yeah, funny thing, bringing us back to Aloha. This he's, was in this was in like development hell for a little bit. Cameron, do you want to make your point on David yeah, Russell? Yeah, he's working on a movie right now with Anya Taylor Joy, Rami Malek, Margot Robbie, Christian Bale, John David Washington, Zoe Saldana, Robert Jeez. De Niro, Timothy Oliphant, Michael Shannon, Mike you had Myers, me at Timothy Oliphant, Chris Rock. I mean, like Did you say Mike Myers. Yeah. Nice. So, no one will ever listen to Queen on the radio. So, like I, like I said, like people, like the, you know, people want to work with him. Yeah. Um, you know. I guess it's just a directing style that doesn't vibe with some people, and that's okay. Like it's just some some directors are mm-hmm. just like that. Yeah. Um, I want to come back to uh, to Aloha because we have to um damn it <laughs> this was actually in developmental hell for a little while because origi- i wonder why originally you'll get a kick out of this originally the leads were going to be ben stiller and reese witherspoon when this film was first pitched what? um but wow but, i thought it uh, couldn't get worse <laughs> <laughs> but they both left due to scheduling conflicts and this is what's funny scheduling conflicts conflicts cameron crow because he lost his two leads, decided to shelve it and spent four years rewriting the script. No, yeah, no, no, four no, years no. rewriting nope. the script. I don't believe it. It's what's what he rewrite the first word, the title. <laughs> he said uh, apparently the main goal with rewriting the script was to age the characters down, make them younger, which is weird considering. I don't really know their ages in this film, except that it's kind of clear that. Bradley Cooper's character is a decent amount older than Emma Stone's character. I think they kind of hint at that. I think she says something. I think I remember a line about her age in there. Not like a direct, like, oh, she, I'm this old type thing, but like, like she references, he says something, um, he says something along the lines of like, it's crazy to think that when I was working on that, you were six years old or something. Yeah. He was like, you were dressed as a ballerina or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he was like first in the Air Force. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's clearly an age difference there. So I don't know. If you're going to work on de-aging the characters, why wouldn't you just make everybody around the same age? I don't really yeah. know why you wouldn't do that. Um, but that's another thing that 
uh, M Stone actually talked about because it in regards to like talking about like the whitewashing thing. She also said that another issue in Hollywood is that female actresses have to be the romantic interests of much older male actors, and this was another case mm-hmm. of that. Because everybody talks about how you don't see as like female actresses get a little older, they start losing out on roles because they just the roles that should be made for them are just going to younger actresses. Yeah, just, it, that was one of her points. The movies where the women are older um, romantic partners—that's literally like the plot is that they are an older yeah, the, romantic yeah. partner. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really unfortunate that there are still movies like that. I think we're. I, I don't actually, you know, I don't want to say that we're maybe going away from that because there's not enough examples still that we are going away from that. So hopefully it's something that gets rectified in some form. Um, well, that was actually part of the conversation from Malcolm and Marie. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good John point. David that's Washington's so much older than, than Zendaya. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, it was like, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, well she, you know, she's, it, it's kind of. It's like kind of one of those things that goes both ways because Zendaya's like, no, like I'm, you know, I'm not a child, I'm a woman, but like, you know, it is like one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, just another example of an older man with, you know, a much younger woman. Yeah, there's, you know, there's Hollywood. A pr- there's a pretty, there's a pretty decent age gap between the two of them. Yeah, Zendaya is not years. that. Zendaya is not that far removed from Disney Channel, so. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's get into, let's get into the real crux of this thing let's talk about the plot of this film this i'm gonna need help explaining the plot on this one because like i said earlier i'm gonna need help understanding yeah (laughs) i didn't really understand what was going on until almost like the very end of the film i had no idea so this one kind of starts out um like it does like a little it does like a little narration to explain Mm -hmm. why our lead character is heading to where he's going to in the film the classic tell don't show kind of thing that they're doing i have a question for you guys sure and this this is part of the reason why i had a hard time following along i don't know if it was just my sound system but i haven't had this issue before was the sound mixing weird in this movie did it sound a little bit off to you i not to like i'd have to go back and watch again yeah i didn't notice anything Okay. What issue? What issue did you notice? It just seemed like it just sounded like it was mixed weird. It was probably just my audio system. Like, um, it was mixed like a Christopher Nolan movie. I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So yeah. it's like the background, like yeah, track was really loud. I had a hard time hearing low. a lot of the dialogue. It wasn't that's anything near your audio system. John Krasinski just doesn't talk. Oh, oh my god. god! I don't. Oh my god! I have so much to say about his character <laughs> and some of the other ones. Um, I, I almost, I almost forgot. I want to bring this up. How did you guys watch this? Uh, what do you mean? Like, what? It, where did you find it? Uh, Amazon? Amazon. Did you guys pay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't have to pay. Did you watch it on Pluto TV? I, I did, yeah. But it had well, ads, didn't it? Yeah, but it was fine. I thought about downloading Pluto for something the other day. Like, I, what is it? <laughs> I don't I, I don't even know what it is. Like, is it like a streaming it's, service? I think, or it's what like is a, it? I think it's like a Roku kind of thing. Except oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it's Honestly, like I, I hate ads so much in movies yeah. that... You know, I it was either spend the three dollars and watch it without the ads, or suck it up through the ads and get through it. And I just decided to. I watched this movie before and after the Super Bowl. I watched most of it. I watched an hour of it before and half hour after. It was a good break because I needed to. That's the other thing we didn't mention. This is an hour and forty five minutes. This movie, and it it certainly feels it, and then some. For but this kind of works in line with the timeline and like the the plot of this. For a movie that that that's that long. It's just another movie where it doesn't feel like anything happens. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so 
you know, it starts off Bradley Cooper. He does his like narration where he's like, oh, yeah, I did contract work or, oh, I was in the military and, oh, I got out of the military. And then he like he's in the plane and he's landing in Hawaii and they talk like, oh, hey, we got to do this gate blessing or something. And he talks about Bill Murray's billionaire who got rich off of the 2008, you know, stock thing. And then, who, he, who he used to work for. Right. Yeah, who he used to work for, and now he's working for him again, and he lands, and, you know, Danny McBride's character is talking to him, and John, you know, uh, you know, Bill Murray's character. Yeah, what's up, Joel? No, I was doing Danny McBride's hand. Oh, okay. Uh, you mean you mean his crazy character? Crazy hand. Colonel crazy fin- fingers. Colonel Fingers Lacey. Yep. That's, Colonel uh, Fingers. Yeah, and... And, like, there's so much, and then Emma Stone is there. Like, also, like, the first time we're introduced to Emma Stone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The overacting. I felt, I felt embarrassed. I was like, how did she go from this to, like, a year later she was filming a lot, like, a lot of the Did you notice the cut when we first see here where it's, like, a rapid zoom? Yeah, it was awful. I instantly, my mind went straight to the fact that I saw on IMDb that it said comedy, and I was like, Oh, so this is what we're doing here. Like, I, I expected more of the movie to have like weird cuts and and, and camera movement, which it still did. But that, like that first <laughs> like punch zoom, I was like, "What the hell?" It's like the editors horrible. were like, "Hey, let's be super stylistic with this movie." <laughs> yeah. And then after the first time, it's so like, I, "Actually, no, we're just gonna cut the rest of the movie." Yeah, we're like just gonna cut movie. as basic as possible. It's almost like with her character, like they. It's almost like let's say they filmed this in like order, and we know they didn't. But if like, let's say that they did, it's like she was playing a character early on that is so aggressive and so upfront with all of her dialogue, very matter of fact, mm-hmm. yeah, almost like putting an exclamation point after every sentence that she speaks, and then you hit like the thirty forty minute mark, and that goes away. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's <laughs> just like so. It's like so. It's like. They noticed, but they didn't give her the note until they were like halfway done. Filming. You know what? That's actually a really good point. Is I, I I guess now that I'm thinking back to it, like her character feels massively different. Yeah. At the oh like, yeah, like it doesn't feel like that is something that's true. It's like her character is not consistent at all. No, it's so off putting. Like you first meet her, and she's just so. It's not that she's unlikable. It's just that she's... Well, she's obnoxious. She's an- yeah. yeah, she's annoying and obnoxious. Yeah. And Don't just... get me wrong. I like the second half character more, but it's a very it's a different character than the first it is. half. Yeah. yeah. And the characterization... Let's just talk about it now, because like, some of the way this, that they use utilize these actors is just ridiculous. Like, John Krasinski's the one that, I, that annoyed me the most. Well, you took arguably the most charismatic actor from like your hit television show, The Office, if not the most, one of the most... He has like one line, it's one actual all, it, line. It's yeah. all, it, and it's in like the very first scene when he's flying the plane to land on the island. He doesn't talk the rest, and they have this stupid trope that they do in the film whenever he's in the scene with uh, Brian Gilchrist, Cooper's character, where he just like caresses his shoulder, his shoulder. and his <laughs> arm, and like nods or like gives him like a point, and it's just like this is how he's supposed to communicate. That's how they communicate. Uh-huh. And you think it's stupid every time it happens until it happens the very last time where it goes incredibly stupid Yeah. because then we get like closed captioning on it. It is Dude, I started laughing. I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this. I can't believe this is happening. I have never cringed as hard as I did 
Like I was just like when that happened, I was like, "You've got to be kidding me, <laughs> dude!" I, one of the lines, one of the lines in the little like captions literally says, "Yeah, this is awkward," and I was like, "Yes, it's very yeah. awkward." It's just like he, he's hugging him. He goes, "Did you sleep with my wife?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, no, I slept with Ing. Yeah, and, and then he's he like super again. excited. He gives him yeah. a big hug. <laughs> this, yeah, I mean, I thought we were gonna save that to the end because that was the end of the movie. But I mean, that scene, it, it's like. This movie is not self-aware at all. It's not meta at all. And then, like, it breaks into that, and it's just, yeah. it's like, what? Oh, I forgot. We're supposed to be kind of comedic here. Let's let's do this. It's like, almost it's, it. it's almost it's like that, right? Like the cut in the very beginning, like you were talking about with Emma Stone. Like it was like that stylistic kind of thing. Like, oh, we're gonna be quirky. We're gonna be funny. And then they put that at the very end. They're like, oh yeah, this is that's right. We're this goes with the Emma Stone cut. <laughs> Oh my god, it was ridiculous. It was awful. This is not a funny movie. Like nothing not. in this movie happens. And I, they have they have funny actors the, in it. The one time I laughed was when she said, Who's Brian? He said, I'm Brian. He like yells, I'm Brian. I, I was like, Oh my god. I I don't I wonder I wonder what happened in theaters when that like during that scene because it's so out of the blue. It does yeah. not fit with the movie yeah. at all. People would have been like, What the it's like when I went and got, went to go see Silence, and they had the you know the audio description version on. It doesn't fit with the movie. You're like, what's going on? Right. But he's not the only actor that like is just entirely underutilized. I mentioned Bill Murray earlier. He's like he's eccentric businessman early on, which kind of fits him. But then he turns into this like a mustache twirling villain at the end. Yeah. It's like I launched this rocket into space, and you'll never catch the weapons I put in there. It's like, what are we doing? Like. Like, it's just such a weird take with him. And then, like, Danny McBride, who at this point is, like, top-tier comedy actor. Like, he had just, mm-hmm. I think Eastbound and Down had just wrapped or was about to do their last season on HBO. And he's been on a bunch of HBO shows since then with Vice Principals and now Righteous Gemstones, which should Great have their show. second season coming soon. He doesn't do anything in this. Like, nothing. He, he has the opening scene where he's basically telling – He's basically telling the audience through speaking to Brian who everyone is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing. It's like, oh, this is Captain Ng. She's going to be your shadow during this. Hey, there's your ex-girlfriend. 13 years. <laughs> huh? I wonder what that's going to be like. Hey, that's the director over there. You got to make sure that you're you're being kind to him. Hey, that's the eccentric businessman. We're going to go meet with him in a couple minutes. Like, okay, so you're just a plot device. Like such an underutilization for a great comedy actor. And when you label this film as a comedy and you bring in guys like Bill Murray and John Krasinski and Danny McBride to be your supporting cast, they're supposed to be the funny ones. Mm -hmm. And instead there, there's nothing to them. I, I I don't get it. Like, I don't understand what he was going for with this. Like it's almost, it's almost more. I mean, it's interesting. You guys are talking about as a comedy because I, I guess I thought, like, I just kind of thought of it as a rom-com, but I never actually thought there were any parts that were supposed to be funny. And and I felt the same way. Like, the only reason I kept thinking back to, you know, comedy is the fact that when I looked at the IMDb beforehand, I, re- I noticed at, right at the top, the first one it says is comedy, and then it says drama, romance. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say drama, romance, comedy, romance, drama, comedy. Comedy is the first thing that it says. And so I was like, okay, this is going to be kind of funny. Bradley Cooper, Emma and, Stone, and, Cro- and, and Crow's films have a tendency to be that way. Yeah, Jerry Maguire is not a comedy, but has a mm-hmm. lot of funny moments, almost famous the same way amongst others. So it fits his style to think it's like that. 
Yeah, and so the whole time I was watching the movie, you know, I was expecting these kind of comedic bits to it, and it just didn't have that. Anytime they tried, it just doesn't land. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it? Land? Like, fly, planes <laughs> landing? Get Rockets? <laughs> um, I... I don't get it. There was one cast member I wanted to bring up to the group because I wasn't sure how I felt about her character. Um, did we like the portrayal of Rachel McAdams' character in this? No. So, yeah, I, I wasn't sure what to think about this one. So, Cameron, what did you think about her character? So, we had Logan on. Um, we had Logan on. About a month ago. Uh, yeah, I guess. It, yeah, it would have been about a month ago. And one of the things that Logan was talking about was the Bechdel test, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if our viewers know what the Bechdel test is, but it's essentially, um, I, I believe it's Alice Bechdel. Um, I, I hope I didn't get that wrong. I'll look it up. Um, I believe it's Alice Bechdel. Uh, she's a very, um, you know, uh, in academia and even not academia, she's a very famous, uh, feminist. And she came up with this, um, you said Allison, right? Yeah. I said Alice, yeah. Allison. Yeah. Allison. Allison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Alison Bechdel. Um, she had this comic strip uh and in the comic strip there's this um um there's this kind of there's this line where they're talking about the movie she's like oh well, i put it through this tester you know i put through like if it's a good you know feminist movie or whatever and if a woman has to have a conversation with another mo- woman that's not about a man it's like two conversations with another woman that's not about a man yeah. uh and this i I yeah, Amy Rachel McAdams character, uh, all her conversations are about men. <laughs> you know, she only talks to two characters in the whole film. She That's talks, true, and one yeah. of them's not her husband. Yeah, um, she talks to Emma Stone's character for one scene. She has like, I guess, a thirty-second fight with John Krasinski's character. So I guess they have one scene, but most of her scenes are just with her kids or, um, with Brian Gilchrist. Yeah, like. And they seem so chummy after 13 years and after we find out why they broke up. They've been for a long yeah, time. Yeah. 13 years they haven't seen each other. And the last time they saw each other, they broke up because mm-hmm. she made vacation plans for the two of them and he blew her off. And she literally said to him, if you don't come on this vacation, we're done. Hey, I'm not going to go on this vacation. Okay, we're done. 13 years later, hey, it's so great to see you. You want to come over for dinner? Yeah, it's it was like, like they never left each other. I, yeah. Yeah. Can- could you guys know maybe i missed this did she have like a like did she work for the military or something because at the very beginning when we were introduced to her danny mcbride says like oh yeah she runs all these things now and then she was at the blessing so like i don't understand Do you remember the scene there was one scene of her and she's in like a white lab coat do you guys remember that i don't there there's one scene just thrown in there in the film where she's like She's in like a doctor's office. Science. Yeah, she's like a, she's no, I'm serious. She's like a scientist of some sorts, but that scene is randomly thrown in there and never touched on again. And yeah, I don't know what she does. Yeah, because like, uh, I I like the very first time we're introduced to her. I thought it was so weird because he's like, oh, she runs all these things now, and it's uh, a fallen soldier being you know taken out of the back of a plane, and you know the, the casket's wrapped in the flag and stuff, and it's like this very you know ceremonial thing. And she turns around and sees Bradley Cooper's character, and she's the very first person outside of the plane where this casket's coming out. That's right. And she's turned around, staring at Bradley Cooper the whole time. And I was like, "This, this is weird." Time. Yeah, that lingers for like a minute. Yeah, just like cutting back and forth between each other. It was very weird. So yeah, the cast like 
this is one of those classic films where just because you cast well-known actors, it doesn't mean that they can save your poorly written film. Mm-hmm. And that's just where we're at here. I want to, I want to see if the three of us can try to sift through this plot and build like a general plot of this film for the audience to kind of follow along with. But before we do that, we're going to throw a quick word to our sponsor. So one of the driving forces for the plot of this film is the newly kindled relationship between Brian Gilchrist and Allison Ng. Uh, Cameron, can we talk about like how these two, we talked about how these two like first meet when he lands on the island, but how does like their partnership really start here? So like Allison Ng, Emma Stone's character is supposed to be this essentially like his guide through Hawaii, like helping him like connect with the locals and, you know, take him from place to place, you know, being, being his connection to Hawaii essentially. Um, and from the moment that they meet, there's this very awkward, unnecessary sexual tension. Um, why? Because she's a girl and he's a boy and that's, it's a romantic movie for some reason. I don't know. Um, so like, there's this really weird scene where, um, like he's like, I don't want to like, they go to a hotel room and like, she's talking to him or maybe he's talking to, I forget what it is. Like, I can't remember, but like, she she was talking to her mom and he had like a radio of some sorts that well it was before it was before that it was when they're outside the apartment she wants to go get a drink oh just talk to him yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. just talk to him and he's like no sorry yeah i forgot about that he's like no we can't go talk i actually loved the line though because he was like he's like oh our conversations should just be quick and efficient no more than five words or whatever and then he goes let this be the longest conversation we ever had and he walks into his room yeah um, yeah, exactly. And so like that was like, it was weird. And then he goes into his room and she's on the phone. Fu- like, like he goes to listen to his radio or something. Like he goes to put in his earbuds and we can hear her talking. And I was really confused. Yes. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, what? Because like he, cause he takes him out and you can't hear him. And, I was, and then, and then he puts him back in and now we can hear Emma stone super mm-hmm. clearly. And like, I was super confused because Emma Stone's talking and then she stops and then he starts talking as if he's talking on the phone to her. Right. But, and I'm and like, he's saying stuff and I, I was, I, I had no clue what was going on. I was like, how is this happening? Right. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. the tech, the tech aspect behind it is really confusing. Like, uh, yeah. What does he use? Is he using like a walkie talkie or like a satellite radio? I was, like, I don't know what he has. Well, like it was like, uh, like, that's what I was wondering too, is like, does he using, like, he's a government contractor. Is he using some super secret, you know, like that's what I was thinking or whatever yes. to get into the conversation. Like I was really confused by that. It made no sense. He just put in his earphones and he could start, he could hear Emma Stone talking to his mom. Yeah. And she's just talking to her mom on like a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's, so no re- there's no reason that he should be able to hear her so clearly. Like unless the apartment, unless the apartment was bugged, but we're not supposed to think that mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't make sense. It was weird. And we forget that, like, she she is so upfront, like, wanting to get to know him right away. And this is when she's still, like, super aggressive in her nature. Yeah. But on the phone with her mom, what does she say? She says something like, this guy's, like, a total wreck of a person, like, something yeah, like he, that. She, yeah, and then she says he's a he's a sad city coyote and yeah. that, you know, he's a mess and all this stuff. Because, like, whatever she's saying at first makes it sound like, uh, like he's going to be, like, like she's building him up. And then she's, like, and just a wreck of a person. And then that's when he kind of gets, like, offended by it. But Joelle, then they go next to the next morning is when they like go on like their official mission, I guess. Is that right? 
I, I guess that's what I would say. So <laughs> essentially, for the only thing that we know about his quote-unquote mission when – I say quote-unquote a lot, and I'm trying to stop. Um, the only thing we know about his are you mission – Are you quote-unquote trying to stop? Yes. Um, about his little mission thing is he keeps saying like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be working this uh, this gate blessing, which – I had no clue what they meant by that. Yeah, me <laughs> I, made, I, I was going to say, I don't know if maybe I'm just dumb, but I had no clue what that no, meant. Maybe I, it's a I, military no, thing. None, but, of us, none of us knew what was going on. Um, so on top of that, though, he's trying to get like the blessing from the what would you call them like the, the natives yeah uh, you know the native went to go see, like the, the king of the village i would say like the was. like well i'm trying to think of like what i would refer to like the, the group as but yeah the village is what they say um so he goes to talk to the king and the locals i guess is the, what the locals the i guess yeah um and it's someone he's he's known before which they they never they touch, touch on yeah they, they don't really, really say why he knows him they just um, say but, that they know each other they don't talk yeah. about why they know each other but basically what he's doing is he's asking for permission and the blessing from the king for them to build a rocket launch facility on their land. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of going back and forth like, no, I don't think so. Blah, blah, blah. And then what the king asks for is there's two mountains. I think they said like on the south of the island or whatever. Yeah. There's two mountains that they would like to have reclaimed as their land um, and cell phone service. And then what does he rebuttal with? He says like, one mountain and no cell phone service does, or something. Yeah. I was like, uh, it's a really bad negotiation because yeah. he says two mountains, cell phone service, and then Brian goes back one mountain, no cell phone service, and then the chief goes three mountains, cell phone service, yes. and then Brian goes two mountains, cell phone service. And it's like, okay, so you just agreed to what he originally asked for. Well, then he keeps saying like, oh, I can't do that. You know, I can't do he does that. Say and it's that like a lot, yeah. you're literally told that you can like they're like just get the blessing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But what I thought was, like, they were trying to have this, like, moment. And this is where the whole, like, Emma Stone emphasizing how much that she is of Asian descent and that she is a quarter of Hawaiian. Like, it comes into play here huge because it's, like, she's trying to use that as, like, bargaining chip Mm -hmm. for them to give them the land. You know, because the the king kind of shows how he has sort of a negative outlook in the military in the past. Yeah. And then through his conversations and meeting with another guy, he kind of looked past that and gained a respect for the military but then they're coming in and asking for this land and stuff and it's kind of rubbing him the wrong way again and so she tries to use her whole like oh i'm part hawaiian type thing as like a like hey there's a middle ground here like i want what you want as well you know but i also want what they want it's it's interesting because like i think the reason that they made her character be part hawaiian was for that sole purpose Mm -hmm. to be like almost like an inside man on the project yeah. to try and speak the language right. per se of the island people. Well, that's exactly what, when you guys, like I said, like last week, and I'm not saying this like maliciously at you, Ryan, but I went into this with the mindset that this was an adaptation because I could have, I, I, I thought that's what we collectively thought at least. Um, so with the whole, was, like that was very malicious. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> with the whole, uh, you know, Emma stone being cast, for this character thing i was like yeah that's like why would they cast her if this ca- the character in the book or whatever was asian like why would they cast her and then i find out it's an original character and i'm still like yeah okay that's an original character and they're telling us she's asian why not just cast someone of this descent yeah. but then i'm like did she even need to be that and this is like the exact example is like like you're saying it's like the only reason that they had her being of hawaiian and asian descent was for these these parts and i feel like it, it didn't add anything 
you know, you they easily could have worked around this in some other way if they were going to cast Emma Stone at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, it was just it was weird, and it felt like her character was only you know of Asian descent and an Islander descent for this weird sort of like bargaining chip and and for you know all the the mythos that goes into this whole film as well, which we didn't really talk about either. Uh, you guys could correct me if I'm wrong because next we go into the part where he comes, they come back to like the military location, and Alec Baldwin's character, General Dixon, first comes in here. They go to like the Christmas party or whatever it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Um, when they have their first conversation, he says, We'll give them half a mountain and no cell no phone service. And no cell phone service, yeah. Right. Um, we never actually see what the final deal is Mm-mm. with them, do we? Like, we know that they break ground or they're going to break ground on the new facility because we see that scene where they have like I, the dedication. Yeah. But we don't actually know what the agreement I is. I just assume that it is the half a mountain or whatever and they're yeah, just I assume lying they to got the ripped people. Off. Yeah. That's what I would that's what I would assume as well. Um so that's how we advance the plot going forward there. But then after that, I don't think we touch on anything in regards to the military stuff until there towards is, the very end, right? There is something very important though at the at the party. Um and that is where we kind of get the first little inklings of what's really going on here. And one of the characters, mm-hmm. I don't even know who this character was. Uh, but he comes up to uh, what the heck is our main character's last name? Gilchrist. Gilchrist. Um, he comes up to Gilchrist and he gives him this little surfboard and is like puts it in his pocket and he says, "Oh, hey, so and so, Bill Murray's character, um, is really looking forward to talking to you right now. Go that's wait for Bill, him in the hall." Cameron, that's Bill Camp's character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, I couldn't remember what the character like what his role was in the the group, you know. Yeah, but he says like, "Oh, he's excited to uh, to talk to you in the hall, or whatever." And basically, Bill Murray says like, "Oh, like I have this plan, and I really need you to help me out here. Um, it's really important." And the thing that was put in his shirt was like a USB. Yeah. And then later that night, he goes and he's looking at this USB, and he sees like all the plans for like. Well, this is rocket. where, this is where we find out that. The reason why he is no longer working for Bill Murray's character mm. was because the last time he worked for Bill Murray's character, he had been stealing a, uh, thousands of dollars, a hundred thousand dollars for him when he was d- from him when he was doing contracting work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is which is wild that he actually brought him back on this project. That yeah. Was so, so important after that. You know, here's the thing, right? And I know we talked about Emma Stone, and I know we've talked about Rachel McAdams and John Krasinski. We haven't really talked about Bradley Cooper's character too much, right? Not really, no. Bradley's Cooper character, and it's very interesting because Rachel McAdams is all over Bradley Cooper's character. Emma Stone is all... You're going to say that he's an asshole, aren't you? Yeah, is all over Bradley Cooper's character. All we know about Bradley Cooper, based off of what the movie tells us and what we see, is that he sucks. He's an asshole. He's awful. Right? He's not likable. There's no likable traits to this guy. He treats Emma Stone like crap the moment he sees her. She's even, on their their, journey, even after she's talking like crap about him to his mom, on their journey to go find, like, the, they, because they get blocked by a gate, so they have to walk to the, you know, the Hawaiian group. Mm -hmm. She's, like, telling him, she's like, wow, you're such a great guy, you know? Like, it's, like, it's very weird, right? And, like, she's all, she's all over him, even after, like, like she initially doesn't like him. Um, we've, you know, like we mentioned, he left Rachel's McAdams character. He ditched her, just didn't show up for a vacation. 
this guy sucks. And then, has, and then has the gall to go into her house and ask her if she's happy with her life. It's yeah, like, I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah. And he he kind of he kind of puts doubt into into her about her marriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's like that's a horrible thing to do. Like at the end, he tries to redeem himself by like helping them work through it, but. And they try to play it off like he wasn't a wedge in the marriage, but he clearly was because yeah. like they were having like very flirtatious discussions and things. Like, and like you said, Cameron, she was all over him too when he came back. So it's just, I mean, what is it? John yeah, he's like his character even says like, uh, "What the heck is the guy's name? I keep forgetting." Glick, Glisten? Brian Gilchrist. Gilchrist, whatever. It's not important. Uh, cool guy, like, Brian yeah. Gilchrist. But he keeps saying, or he said when, and they're like little argument type thing. He's like. I feel like this is all because of Gilchrist or something like that. And she's like, yeah, I don't think so. And he's like, it's only been since he's here. It's only since he's been here or something. Even, you know? even her daughter um, says something along the lines of like, Oh, you seem different ever since he showed up. And she's yeah. like, no, no. no. Well, and, well, and that's going back it, to that whole mythology thing that they were trying to wedge in there too, with that. The, the it kid was talking about, you know, he's like talking about the story and it's like, it's just telling us what's happening in this, in the movie, but through Hawaiian mythology. And um, and in the first conversation that um, Bradley Cooper has with um, with Rachel McAdams, he's like, "You're talking to me like you're." He's like, "You're talking to me like a girlfriend, right?" They haven't been with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like yeah. it, it's he's clearly like he's clearly a womanizer. He clearly yeah. doesn't want to have attachment to people. He's he's we know that he's embezzled money. Like he's just a scummy person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um. He's not like you talk about like a hero's journey in a film. This is not a hero. This is not a character that we root for, even though they're supposed to portray it as such. So we have this whole big scene of them going on the mission and talking to the tribal chief. Um, And then after they have a scene with uh, they go to like a dinner thing at Tracy's house. That's Rachel Adams character. They go to her house to have dinner and Allison goes with them for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe just says she's like the chaperone for Gilchrist but um they go to like this holiday party and while Brian is having all these conversations with all these other military people um she's drinking and she I guess she gets a little tipsy I don't really remember what they say to that but then when they go back to their rooms she wants to come over because she had such a good time that night and they had she sees like these stickers that show like Gilcrest has been traveling all around all these missions he's been a part of she's like oh am i just gonna be another one of the stickers on there and he's like oh you know like some of them have women some of them don't and then that then they end up just sleeping together and that's when we see the really gross cgi toe did you guys catch the backstory behind why the toe looked like that where he says um he says yeah we see that there was like a missile incident oh he just let hit him right he just let it hit him uh and it blew off part of his toe. So what the doctor did is they took the toe of a Pakistani man and sewed it onto yeah. his toe. So it's like a double big toe on his like right foot. That doesn't make any sense. No, it them, was so weird. One of them was the size of a regular toe. It yeah. was almost a full toe, and then they just put on another toe. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> made no sense. It didn't make sense at all. I'll screen grab that toe, and I'll put it on our, our Insta story for the folks at home. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, it was just like. It was off-putting. What? Uh, um, but then, so they sleep together. And then the next morning, she's all excited. Allison's all excited. Um, 
they do like a little montage of them like going into town and like, like we're in love yeah it's so they're holding hands and they're kissing and it's this has been like like maybe 24 hours have passed um then one morning she's going running and she goes by tracy's house um and this is where she finds out that uh gilcrest is a part of this secret mission that involves the rocket launches um going into space with the satellite and she gets all upset because um because she knows that brian lied to her so they have they have uh brunch i guess or whatever she confronts him and they have the, another huge fight one of the several that they have in the movie sorry uh, or actually go ahead cameron so the reason why emma stone's character gets mad just for those who haven't seen it so essentially emma stone tells the hawaiian people that they're not going to that they're going to launch or they might launch rockets but they're not going to put anything or cause you know put any weapons or anything in the skies above them and she's like i promise you we are not going to do that and bradley cooper says yeah we're not going to do that so the reason why she's mad is because she found out that bradley's cooper character was actually planning on doing this the entire time and just lied to her that's why she was upset yeah that, and that, that no that's what I, that's what i was i was gonna yeah. jump in very soon um so after they like have their fight and then they don't talk to each other really anymore um well he professes her love to his love to her and he's like i love you so much he's like he's like he's like i i never wanted to be with anyone i want to be with you this is going to last forever and he puts his like he puts his head on her so he can't see her face right and he cries and he starts crying she starts crying and he's like oh well she's crying because she's in love with me because clearly uh and then she's like i feel so dumb he's like oh no don't feel dumb it's all okay and she's like you lied to me you know you knew the whole time and then he's like i don't know what you're talking about she's like she's like the thing and he's like oh well you suck i don't like you anyway (laughs) yeah yeah that's basically all it is and then she (sighs) drives off and they don't talk to each other again until we get to the rocket launch scene um so but we need to talk about we need to talk about why the rocket launch scene happens when it does because they're having like a ribbon cutting ceremony of sorts for the new plot of land that they're mm-hmm. going to build on. And then um, what the one character, the one that gave uh, Bradley Cooper the hard drive, he drives up and he's like, quickly, you got to come with me. You got to come now. And he waves Cooper and Emma Stone's characters into the car. And we find out that the Chinese government <laughs> has hacked into the satellite on the rocket that they're going to launch which by the way this movie never talked about launching a rocket into space at any like like right this just kind of happened this yes. movie never talked about Bar- Brian talk about being a master hacker either yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't know any of this stuff like the next like 30 minutes is just like how can Insanity. we finish this movie and then just put like a bunch of junk in there? It has yeah. nothing to do with the land with... in Hawaii at all. Uh-uh. No. It it's like it's so weird. So like they get to the launch and he while the rocket's going up, he's just mad on his computer. He's hacking hacking, hacking away hack, 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 hack. to he's get like, the, da, 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 da. And he's on the phone with uh with Murray's character. I don't remember his name. It's like Carson Carson, Carson Welch. Wells. Carson Welch, Welch yeah, something Welch, like yeah. that. Um, and he's like, did you get the virus off of it? And he's just like, he's like, yep, I did. No problem. Cause he wants to launch this rocket with the virus on it. Yeah. He's it, like, we gotta launch it. Yeah. It doesn't with the virus. It's, the, yeah. Their, their mindset was, oh, they the, they put this virus on here. So we have to launch it sooner. 
yeah, instead that... of and, instead of let's wait, get it off, then launch. It's like well, we need to launch it faster now. Yeah, yeah it, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, but after he removes the hack, he along with like one of his other friends that was helping with the launch, who's like in on on like a remote location, where we <laughs> never see we never see him again. But that guy he... was on SNL, I think, wasn't he? I don't know I don't who know. that was. I don't, I don't even know who, who that, was. that was. Yeah, I didn't recognize him. I've seen him before. He helps him. Now, Cooper now hacks into the satellite. And I want to make sure I get this right because I was super confused when they were going through it. He uses it to pick up sound and broadcasts across the entire world. Mm-hmm. Is that what yep. he was doing? And it's so powerful that it blows up the satellite. Yep. And Our, Well, hold on. I, uh, maybe I was confused too. So the the like mission thing that emma stone was all like amazed by mm-hmm. that bradley cooper's character did was a thing that recorded all of the sound that was happening right wasn't that yeah. what it was that he was like mm-hmm. doing some sort of experiment where he sound where he it was recorded, like space sound engineering or something like that. right and so he like recorded all the sounds that were happening on earth like simultaneously mm-hmm. and so in order to destroy the rocket he uploaded his data from that, which was basically all of the audio from the Earth, and then that's what caused it to explode, right? So I have that right. Because so yeah. much data at one time. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's right. Okay. That makes okay. Uh, it doesn't make sense, but it, yes, sure. right. Yeah, it works. I was gonna say that makes sense, but no, it doesn't. So, so go. Oh, go ahead. Jim. No, I say so. It works. Like it, it works in the movie. Like the, the the satellite destroys, and that was like hilarious to me because first of all, as we already talked about, the satellite looks terrible. Like it just <laughs> doesn't look like it's finished. But then like we see it like stressing out, and it's like it starts playing all these audio and video clips, and like we can see it on like the phones at like the mission control, and on you know Bill Murray's character's phone, and everyone's like, oh, it's like I can't believe what is this going on. And then all of a sudden the sound just stops and we're just like, it's just dead silent. And then the satellite just goes kaboom and it like breaks in half. (laughs) I was like, this is so bizarre. It was so weird. Well, and it's weird because Bradley Cooper, he stops the hack and then he looks at Emma Stone's character and he looks at the computer and he's like, all right, I know what we got to do. Yeah. We got to blow up this rocket. And Mm. it's like, he blew up the rocket for the girl. Yeah, yeah, and they, they say that. They, yeah, I was gonna say, say, yeah. If I don't, I don't know enough about space engineering and all that stuff, aerodynamics, <laughs> all of that, to really know. But if his goal was to just destroy the satellite, couldn't he have just not removed the hack and just said that the Chinese hack destroyed it? No, because I well, once we find out there were weapons on this thing, I think the concern is the Chinese are hacking it and they're going to use the weapons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never, well, I that's the yeah, thing, that and that's the other thing, right? So we find out, oh, there were actually nuclear weapons yes. on this thing, right? So Bill Murray's character was like, hey, we've been hacked by China. What should I do? I should probably launch a a nuclear missile (laughs) into the sky that China, there's a good chance they're going to have control over. Bill Murray's Murray's character, who's essentially a a domestic terrorist. Yeah, no (laughs) sense. So after they blow up the rocket, Emma Stone's character forgives... um, in a sense forgives Brian, mm-hmm. but he's just like, I'm toxic now. I'm going to get, I'm going to get fired <laughs> now I'm going to yeah now. Yeah. I'm going to get thrown in jail. You need to get away from me. So they like, they, they break apart and we don't like, we have a scene where like he's sitting in a meeting with Alec Baldwin's character and Danny McBride's character. And they're talking about like how 
he's just, like, Brian's just getting berated. He's yep. just getting berated. Like, we're going to throw the book at you. You're going to go to the Hill. You're going to testify. The best you're going to do is spending years in prison, yada, 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 all that crap. Um, and none of it mattered. Two minutes later. Yeah. The, the next conversation. Dude. Oh, uh, he walks into um, – <clears throat> Bradley Cooper walks into a room. They're all wearing like Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirts. shirts. Yeah. And they're like, they hey, like they what's up, Trader man? Joe's. And yeah. they're like, he's like, oh, what's up? They're like, yeah, so we found out he had nuclear weapons on board. And oh, he actually, tried, he Dude, tries they, to tell them earlier that he found those. Yeah. And they said, them. no, they were like, it was a Facebook thing for, you know, people. And I, I, <laughs> it was for Dude. cell phone service for third world countries or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The way they just brush it off in that scene, like you said, yeah. first of all, they're all wearing Hawaiian shirts, so it's like, what the hell? And then he walks in, and they're like, "Oh, so it turns out you're right. Um, we did end up finding weapons on there, so that's a good catch by you. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take all the credit for the discovery, yeah. but you're off the hook." Yeah, they're like, "Hey, you want to have a beer with us?" And it's like, what? What? You were just saying you're going to essentially kill him like two minutes earlier. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, we're best friends now. And then they, they do a super cut to Bill Murray's character on some random beach in Japan <laughs> and he gets arrested. Yeah. But the other thing that all those military people tell him is like, hey, you can't have a relationship with Allison. Yeah. It's like she's too important to the future of yeah. of the Air Force. And like, yeah, Hi- Hillary Clinton like handpicked her as like one of her special <laughs> operatives or whatever do you know what that means neither do i yeah but it's important (laughs) yeah they're like they're like you can't have emma stone because we need to use her like what right and then in classic rom-com fashion he declines what they're saying and he goes after her and he says like you know i love you oh yeah and they they get back together and is that where the movie ends no it is not because there's one plot point I wanted to save to the end because it's so ridiculous and so I was waiting for this. I was waiting th- for this. That this is oh, just I forgot ridic- about this. Yeah. This is ridiculous. So we've talked about how Brian Gilchrist and Tracy were together 13 years ago. Tracy has two kids. One of them is a younger son. I think he's like 10 or whatever, played by Jaden Martell. Then they she has a daughter who is about 12, I think they say. They're 12, um, yeah. Her name Grace, played by Danielle Rose Russell. They throw a plot point into this movie that she is Brian's daughter. Mm. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Yep. She goes to his like hotel room or whatever to talk to him. And just out of nowhere, he's just like, should I be celebrating on Father's Day or no? <laughs> and she's like, yes, you should. It's like, what? wait a minute. Where did this come from? It was like we were supposed to pick up that he was thinking that the whole time because she says something like, she's like, you're just leaving? And he's like, yeah. And then that's when she tells the daughter, like, hey, go check on your brother. And then she's like, before you leave, I think we should talk about what you're trying to avoid. And I was like, what is he trying to avoid? And then like, I was like, wait a minute. They're not going to. And then oh she's like, God. he's like, should I be celebrating on Father's Day? And she's like, it's... you should be celebrating. Oh, So you guys didn't pick up that that was his daughter until the end of the movie? No, no, no. no I didn't pick up oh, okay. that. That's until where that it was scene. going until. Yeah. When she said, we need to talk about what you're whatever. Because I keep seeing oh, like see, the way I he like that says that was... stuff that he's like, he keeps saying stuff like, wow, she's, you know, she's beautiful. Or like, they're, like she's a great kid. Like he keeps like throwing all these things. And I was like, no, that that's not like what. It's no big deal. And then at that scene, that's when I'm like, yep, this is where they're about to tell us. Like, that's his daughter. Oh yeah. Where did you pick up on it, Cameron? Like right away? Oh yeah, I I was like, I was I was watching this movie with my mom, and she was like, oh, that's his daughter, and I was like, 
Oh, so it's your mom pointed our it favorite out. segment. Well, we yeah. both. Well, we both. She asked me. She asked me. Is that? She asked. Well, that's what happened. She asked me. She said, "Is that his daughter?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is." And she's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like it doesn't. We barely spend any time with this. It with is the daughter important. character. We don't spend any time with her. And mm. then the final scene is the him going to like her practicing like hula dancing. And then, like, another moment where they Silence. don't talk. They don't talk. He just, like, nods at her, and then she starts smiling. She runs out and gives him a hug, and then goes back to class. Yeah, she's like, the, I hate my yeah. real dad, all right? <laughs> she's I, like, screw John Krasinski. Yeah, and then the movie ends. That's it. That's how we end. It's so weird. Like, this singular plot point that had nothing to do with the entirety of the film is what we end the film on. It just, it's so weird. Um... But that, folks, is the film Aloha. It's uh, it's a mess of a film. And I want to see if we think there's anything we could do with this film to make it better. I don't think – I'm going to basically say, like, how Amy Pascal said it when I told you guys what her email said. Just, like, we just shouldn't even release this. <laughs> like, I stand with that thought. I don't think there's a way to – make this work unless you completely rewrote it and changed most of the plot around but then it's a different film so what are we really talking about here um but i'm i'm curious to see if you guys have anything cameron do you have anything in particular that maybe you i think joel was gonna say something joel yes yeah either one no no i was just gonna agree with ryan this is one of those ones you know in the past we always talk about like oh well maybe if we adjust this or maybe if we you know <clears throat> excuse me change the genre for this or you know change this character to be this and that like there's these little tweaks we can fix but like she says in the email, like I'm not going to keep pushing through these films that are terribly written, like these scripts that are nothing. Why are we going to make them? And I feel like that's yeah. what this was, was there was nothing here to work with in the first place. It was such a bizarre story and the plot was just all over the place that it, why make it, you know? And like you said, if there was going to be a way to fix it, it would be to just be making a completely different movie. Yeah. This is a movie that it doesn't, there's there's not really a way to fix it because there there's not anything like there's literally not one good thing about this movie like i can't look at this movie and be like yeah we can pull like even when we were talking you know like wrinkle in time we could be like oh you know at least this movie had you know cool visuals to go with it or you know we said you know with collateral beauty we're like hey you know this plot might have worked if we went with like a dark comedy kind of thing mm-hmm. there's nothing from this movie that like we could like turn into something else because even the like just the basic plot is so like so like there's not you you couldn't make a a plot out of this movie much like in any um in any genre much less a romantic movie i mean come on this it doesn't make any sense right It's interesting what you said about the trailers, about the marketing team doing a good job, making it look like something like, um, like a glossy kind of, you know, film from, because watching the trailers, the trailers made this movie look much different than what it actually was. Absolutely. Yeah. The trailer doesn't touch on any of the actual plot points of the film. No, it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. So this is, I think we're all in agreement. This is just one where we wouldn't even attempt. We just kick it to the curb and move on. With that said, it's time to determine if we would like a refund for this film. I would like to go first. I'm going to keep it simple. This movie is terrible, but I'm glad I finally watched it because now I'm in on all the jokes about how terrible it is. With that said, the ticket price around this time, 2015, was 850. I will take all of my money for the full 850. Um, Cameron, how much of your money would you want back? 
I will also ask for $8.50 back. Uh, I worked at the movie theater at this time, and I can honestly tell you, uh, I worked at the movie theater when this movie came out, I can honestly tell you I don't remember anyone <laughs> watching this movie. So uh, luckily no one had to ask for a refund because no one was watching it, but if I had seen it, yeah, eight fifty. And Joel, what do you got for us? So I feel like the way I first introed my feelings to this made it seem like I enjoyed this maybe a little bit, um, but I didn't. This is not a good movie. <laughs> um, the whole Emma Stone situation, again, it, it's such an easy fix that I don't understand how you make that mistake, you know? Um, why did she need to be cast? And the plot is just so bizarre. Um, that I too will be asking for my full eight fifty. All right, just, it just wasn't. Woo! It, it was a mess, you know. Like Cameron pointed out, a lot of these other films we can pull something good here or there. This was just boring, uneventful, and didn't really make sense. No, this is one that we are all ready to wash our hands of, and we have done that with this film alone. Yes, we're wrapping up this episode. Before we do that, a couple things to touch on. First off. Last week, we gave our first round of recommendations for films that maybe you guys should check out that we're fans of. Do we have anything in particular that we want to recommend this week? Cameron, do you have anything for... Yeah, so I do. Um, you see, this episode comes out on Thursday. A couple days after Thursday is February 14th, also known as Valentine's Day. And, you know, we've been going with the romance movies. We've been uh, this month, but they've all been bad. Now, what happens when you're stuck in a quarantine and you need a good romantic movie to watch well i have the perfect movie for you check out about time i believe it's on netflix it's got um oh dominahiel gleason and rachel mcadams it is a movie about time travel about this man who can travel back in time to try and make the perfect impression on the girl that he loves and that's rachel mcadams um this movie is everything a romantic comedy should be it is legitimately funny it is the romance is really good um and the story is actually interesting watching him deal with this you know um you know going back and living every day kind of you know is this you know in my living life to the fullest if i'm you know kind of cheating kind of thing uh to get my to get the woman that i love uh it's it's a sad movie, I will be honest with you, um, but it is excellent. One of my favorite rom-coms uh, ever, so check out About Time. It's from the same team that brought you Love Actually, Notting Hill, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. So, But it's pretty, the best one. Right. It's a pretty decent track record of films all in all. Uh, Joel, you got something for everybody? Not to keep picking movies that are on my wall, uh, but on IMDb TV this week, Grand Budapest Hotel is free, and if you haven't seen that highly recommend it. I, I very much recommend that movie. Uh, I love Wes Anderson. It's very quirky and it's hilarious. I laugh every time I watch it, but it's also got heart. So Grand Budapest. I mentioned earlier some of the other films that Cameron Crowe directed. I think he is a very talented director and writer, and this was just a huge miss by him. So I want to talk about, I want to recommend uh, one of his best films, and that would be Almost Famous. Almost Famous, you can watch that on Amazon Prime. Um, starring uh, Kate Hudson, Jason Lee, Billy Crudup. It's a very interesting coming-of-age story about a 14-, 15-year-old boy going on tour with a band, being essentially a roadie, and writing an article about 
the a band that's finding their way in the music industry. It's a very interesting concept. I highly recommend it, and I hope you guys enjoy it amongst all of our recommendations that we have here for you this week. So next week, we have another guest coming on to the podcast. Um, none of us know what film that they're going to suggest for us, but we are going to play an audio clip, and we're all going to listen here and find out what we're going to be watching for next week's episode. Hi, I'm Kevin Barlev, and I have decided to pick a movie called Downsizing, starring Matt Damon and directed by Alexander Payne. It was one of those movies that I knew would be in talks for Oscars and certain awards, especially for supporting actress and maybe even screenplay. And it was one of those first movies that I ever saw where I thought I was supposed to like it, and I hated it every second of it. So yeah, looking forward to talking about it. Okay. Awesome. So, <laughs> yes. So Ke I just want to say thank you, Kevin, because you saved me a pick. That was on my upcoming list oh, of future picks. Oh, really? I haven't seen this movie. Neither have um, I. But as he said, it when it was coming out, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be like a, a movie that's kind of kind of get like awards buzz and stuff like that." And then I heard just it was not good. So yeah. thank you. I'm I excited. have seen this movie. All right. Well, okay. Don't tell us okay. anything about it. I don't want to know anything because I am curious about this one. Yeah. This is um, a this is an interesting one. All right. So this will be fun when we bring Kevin on uh, next week to talk about downsizing. So, folks, that'll wrap up this episode with us here. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. You can follow along with us at the Refund Pod on Instagram. Nope. Damn it! Did I do it wrong again? <laughs> at Refund Pod. At this point, I think I'm doing it wrong on purpose without knowing. Um, <laughs> so it's at Refund Pod. You can follow us on all of our socials, Instagram and Twitter. Find out some of the cool things we've got coming up, and learn a little bit more about uh, your three hosts here. Of course, you can always find us on all of your podcasting uh, applications, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Thank you all very much for joining us, and we look forward to joining you again next week.